happened back there has got something to do with us up here. Lord, I pray tonight, thank you for this good crowd on a Memorial Day weekend Sunday night. And uh, Lord, may you challenge the church, encourage them, edify them, exhort them. And Father, we pray for the lost that might be among us, or maybe they're not here yet, but they're on the way. They may come in while we're having church. The Holy Spirit might draw them. We pray they'd be saved tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. June, which is not here yet, but it's close. Uh, just a couple more days, and we're going to be in the month of June. And June has historically been the most popular month for weddings uh, of all months. How many got married in June? All right, several, several there. Well, the rest of you, your marriage is still valid. Uh, you just didn't get married in the right month. Amen. Uh, the Bible begins with a wedding. Remember that? God made Adam and Eve, and God performed the ceremony. And uh, when He said, Who gives her hand in marriage? The Lord said, I do. And God done it all. Amen. The Bible begins with a wedding in Genesis 2, verse 21 through 25. And it ends with a wedding in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7 through 10 that we just read about. There are so many passages and parables in the Bible that speaks about a wedding and a king's son getting married that I don't have time to go into all of it. But I want to preach tonight upon this thought tonight from what we've read. There's going to be a wedding in the sky. There's going to be a wedding in the sky. And I want to tell you why that there's going to be a wedding in the sky. First of all, because the Father wants a wedding. The Father in the Bible is a type of God. Amen. There's a lot of types. This chapter is filled with types. It's so full I can't get all the types in. But I want you to know that the father, Abraham, he's old, he's well stricken in years, but Abraham is a type of the father God. And Abraham wants a wedding for his son. Can I tell you that God the father, that he has determined in the determinate counsel of God eons of time ago, that God has determined that his son would have a wedding. Amen. As we look at this tonight, we realize uh, that the wedding is determined by the Father. He says, I, my son's going to have a wedding. And do you know that when God says something's going to happen, uh, it's going to happen. Amen. And God said there's going to be a wedding. There's going to be a marriage, a wedding in the sky. The Father determines, you say, when's it going to be, Brother Rick? Well, the Father determines that. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be. I know it may be close, uh, but I know that in our text in Genesis 25 and verse 40, the Bible said that Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife. Uh, and so the father determined when the wedding was going to take place. And I want you to know, you and I may not know the time or the date, but I guarantee you the Father knows uh, uh, exactly when that wedding is going to take place in the sky. 
Not only does he know when, but he knows where that that wedding is going to be. The Bible said, the servant said, if I go out there and she won't come here, he said, do you want me to come back and get Isaac and take him over there? And Abraham said, no, absolutely not. Abraham said that that wedding is going to take place here. He's the one that determines where the wedding is going to be. You say, Brother Rick, uh, why don't the marriage supper of the Lamb and the wedding and all of that, uh, uh, why don't we have it here? Why don't we have it there? Because the Father has determined that that wedding will be a wedding in the sky. Amen. Not only that, but He has determined who would be the best to set it all up. Amen. You say, what do you mean? Well, it says here, Brother Sammy, he said, Abraham said unto his eldest servant. That eldest servant is a type of the Holy Spirit of God in the text. Uh, he is the eldest servant. He's the oldest servant. The oldest servant that God has is not Abraham. Uh, uh, it's the Holy Ghost of God. And uh, he is God's oldest servant. And Abraham said unto him, I want you to go. And I want you to set all this up. Amen. And so when Jesus came and they rejected Jesus and he went away, the Bible said that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit back. And for the last 2,000 years, he has been orchestrating and setting up a bride for the Father's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to make sure that there's going to be a wedding in the sky. Amen. Well, the Father wants a wedding. But the Father's not the only one that wants a wedding. The servant wants a wedding. We look here in the Bible and it says in verse 9, And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and sware to him concerning that matter. That matter would be the matter of a wedding, a matter of a bride for his son. And you say, why did the servant want a wedding? Because the father wanted one. Whatever the Father wants, that's what the Son wants. Did you know the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, they make up a holy trinity. They never disagree. They're, they're not like a bunch of Baptist deacons. They never fuss. They never fight. Whatever the Father wants, uh, uh, that's what the Son wants and that's what the Holy Spirit wants. Amen. I used to think, and us Baptists, we'd use it against our Pentecostal brothers. Uh, uh, that verse over there in the Bible, it said when the Holy Ghost come, He wouldn't speak of Himself. Uh, and we'd put down the uh, Pentecostal people because they talked too much about the Holy Ghost. And we say, well, uh, the Bible said when He come, He wouldn't speak of Himself. Uh, uh, but I read a lot and I like to read them old Puritan writers. Now, you may not agree with all they have to say, but you'll have to say this, they had something to say. And I'll tell you this, we just heard a song, one of the songs from back in those days, and how powerful that thou words are. You can tell them people had a walk with God that most people today do not have a walk with God. They understood redemption and most of their songs has more doctrine in it than the average preacher's sermon nowadays. Amen. But I want you to know, I want you to know that the servant, he wants a wedding. And the Bible said when the Holy Ghost come, he wouldn't speak of himself. Well, 
For years, I fell in with the rest of them, and I said, well, I said, uh, they talk too much about the Holy Ghost. The Bible said he wouldn't speak of himself. Uh, but I was reading an old Puritan writer, and he, he said, here's what most people say, and they said exactly what I just said. Uh, uh, but he said, that's not what the verse means. Uh, he said, what it means is when the Holy Ghost comes, uh, uh, that he won't speak of himself, meaning he won't speak something he does come up with. Uh, uh, whatever he speaks uh, is what the Father speaks and what the Son speaks. Uh, uh, they're in unison and they're in agreement. Amen. Uh, amen. They're all God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You say, explain that. I couldn't explain it with an explaining machine, but I believe it. Amen. Uh, I believe it's what the Bible teaches. And so he sent that eldest servant. God always knows who to send. He knew to send Jesus to save us. Amen. God always knows who to send. He sent the Holy Ghost to comfort us. Amen. He knows who to send. And he took this elder servant he sent him. You say, why did he send him? Well, it's interesting. This, this chapter is so meaty. It's so full of meat. There's not much milk in this chapter. It's all meat. And the Bible says that he sent him because he knew what it'd take. Look in your Bible in verse 10. And the servant, after he's already swore to Abraham, put his hand on his thigh, said, I'll do what you want me to do. Verse 10, And the servant took ten camels. He knew what to take. It's a long ways over there to Mesopotamia. He's got to go through some lot of desert, a lot of dry places. He didn't take goats. He didn't take lambs. He didn't take sheep. He didn't take oxen. No, the Bible said he took two camels. Why? Because he knew what it'd take to get over there. He knew what it'd take to get where he get where she's at. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that has sent a servant that knows what it takes to get to where you are? Amen. I, I say thank God. I, he knew he knew what it took to get to you. What it took to get to you might not have been what it took to get to me. But I'm glad he knows. He knows where to go. Look at verse ten. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and he went into Mesopotamia under the city of Nahar. Now let me say this. That that servant was given everything his father had. He said you got access to whatever you need up here to do what you need to do over there. I'm glad the Holy Ghost is not limited, aren't you? And the Bible said that he went a long ways to find a wife. I used to preach a sermon. And uh, I preached it a lot. I ain't preached it a long time. Matter of fact, Tony Hudson called me Easter Sunday morning about 6 o'clock. And he said, Brother Prophet said, you wouldn't have that outline that you preach about how a good wife's like a good church, would you? Uh, he said, I'd like, to, I'd like to look at it. And I said, and I didn't say nothing, I started texting. Because I remembered it in my head. I preached it so much, I remembered it in my head. Because it was over church in my office. And I texted to him. Of course, he, he's calling the whole time I'm texting. My phone's ringing. It's him. 
But I can't get it because if I get it, then I'll lose my text. Now some of y'all, uh, some of y'all social media geniuses might know how to do that, but I don't. And so as soon as I got through texting, I called him and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I just sent it to you. And he said, well, he said, he said I, wanna, I want the outline of that sermon. And he said, what would be better than me preaching it this morning? And he said, you still got time. Just drive down here and preach it this morning. And I said, I can't do that. It's, i got to be there at my church. Amen. It's Mother's Day, I guess what it was. But anyway, in that, in that sermon, I talk about how that Isaac, how that he had to go a long ways to find a wife. He went all the way to Mesopotamia, or the servant did, amen. The Lord had to go a long ways to find a wife. He come from heaven down here, amen. We think about Jacob we've been studying and preaching about, and Jacob, he worked seven years and got the wrong woman. He found out on his honeymoon night he got the wrong woman. He wasn't the first one to ever find that out, amen. But then the Bible said he had to work another seven years uh, to get his wife. And he said it seemed like nothing to him because of the love that he had for him. And I said, there's poor old Jacob. He worked seven years, got the wrong woman. Worked seven more years, got the right woman. And now we got him that'll get a wife and won't even work. Amen. I want you to know, listen. I want you to know this morning or this evening, that he knew what to take, and he knew where to go. Look at verse 12. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city come out to draw water, and let it come to pass a damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thee the camel's drink also. Let the same be she. Not only did he know what to take, but he knew where to go. He knew where the bride was. Amen. Aren't you glad that God knew where to go to get you and make you a part of the bride when you got saved? I'm glad the Holy Ghost knew to come to Temple Hill Baptist Church on a Sunday morning. Amen. He knew where I was as a 10-year-old boy. I'm glad, thank God, that the servant, he he wants a wedding. Why? Because his master wants a wedding. And he knows where to go. He knows where to find them sinners at. Amen. I always think we have much better luck when we go door knocking if we have a lead. You say, what's a lead? Now, you don't have to have a lead to go. The Bible's done give you a command. But I like those times when I feel like the Lord was leading me to go somewhere. And when I got over there, I, I found out that God had already been working there when I got there. God had already been setting it all up. Amen. I, I'm glad the Lord's that way. He knew what He knew what it takes. He knew where to go, and He knew who to look for. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 14. He said, "She shall say, Drink, and I will give thee thy camels to drink also." Look in. Uh, look if you will uh, again in verse 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. Look at verse 18. And she said, Drink, my Lord. Look at verse 19. She not only gave him a drink, but 
In verse 19, when she had done giving him drink, she said, I'll draw water for the camels. Do you realize how much water that was? Man, this is the kind of woman you want. She said, I'm not just going to give you a drink, but she said, I'll draw water for all your camels. That could have been several, several gallons of water. And this was unusual. You say, why was she doing all that? Well, it looks like that she had a servant's heart. It looked like she was kind of looking for a man. She wasn't like the old maid that never been married. And the preacher asked everybody to stand up and give their favorite Bible verse when it come to her. And she stood up and she said, if any man will come after me, let him. Amen. This girl wanted to get married. Used to all girls wanted to get married. Amen. They they would start when they was young. They'd they'd start a little thing, a little hope chest like, and and they looked forward to getting married. They dreamed about getting married. They dreamed about the kind of house they'd have and the kind of husband they'd have. Those were the things that young girls used to do and should still do. Amen. The Bible said he knew what kind of girl to look for. Not only did he know who to look for, but he knew what to offer. Look at verse 22. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring. I've got your lady's attention. Said he took a golden earring of a half a shekel of weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold and said, Whose daughter art thou? Let me show you there. He took all that out. But look where it ended up at in verse 30. It came to pass when he saw the earrings and bracelets upon his sister's hands. Amen. You see, he knew what to talk about to get her interested in wanting to get married. And wanting to go to a place. Holy Ghost knows how to do that. You see, the Holy Ghost, he don't he don't dangle earrings and diamond rings and things like that in front of us. Amen. I mean, every woman loves a ring. Every woman likes earrings and bracelets and jewelry and all of that kind of stuff. Amen. Over 42 years as a pastor here, I have watched women as they finally become engaged. They finally get a man. And I've watched them, you know, when they come, they want everybody to know that they're fixing to get married. Amen. Help me out, ladies. They're like that Proverbs 31 woman. Everybody wants, they want everybody to know who their man is. Amen. My wife proved that to me years ago. We usually drive to church separately. We always did back then. But she started home and she ran a stop sign. And they pulled her over. And she pulled over and rode the window down. The officer got out of the car and come over there around her car. And as soon as he got to the window, she said, My husband's Ricky Prophet. He pastors Bethel Baptist Church. He's going to kill me. 
She may not want nobody to know who her husband was on a Monday, but she did on a Sunday, amen. She talked him down, I believe. She talked him out of it. Amen. But I've seen them women come to church and about the time you take up an offering, you know, an offering plate goes by and she's got that ring you give her and she puts that money in there, you know, like that. She wants everybody to see she's got a ring, amen. She's heading to a wedding, amen. Well, the Bible said he knew what to offer her. Oh, he knew what to offer me one day. Uh, he offered me this. He said, you don't have to go to hell. Uh, uh, he said, you can go to heaven, amen. Uh, uh, he offered me this. He said, you don't have to be sick and dying and crying and all of that. He said, there's a place I'll take you to where I wipe away all tears. Uh, there'll be no more death, sorrow, all the former things will be gone away. I said, I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. He knew what to offer us. And if you got good sense, you'll you'll take him take him up on it. Amen. The servant wanted a wedding. He was willing to wait. Look in verse fifty-four, and the Bible said that he got to the house there, and it said they did eat and drink, and the men that were with him, and tarried all night, and they rose up in the morning. And he said, send me away to my master. I'm glad the servant was willing to wait. Amen. I mean, some of us need a little courting. We need a little coercing, amen, to get us to that point uh, where that we wanted to go. And I'm glad that he didn't come knock on my heart's door that first time and leave and say, I, I, all right, I'm done. But I'm glad he kept coming back. I'm glad he was willing to wait. Amen. He was willing to wait a little while uh, until I was able to see what I needed to see. Amen. Amen. An old lady, she, somebody asked her, said, why don't you get married and get you a husband? She said, what do I need a husband for? She said, I got a chimney that smokes, a, scat, a cat that roams all night, and a dog that growls. What do I need a husband for? Well, I want you ladies to know there's some goodness out of here. Some of y'all got lucky. You got your goodin'. Amen. Amen. They're not all that way. And I'm glad, I'm glad that the Holy Ghost. I'm glad He knew where to go, what to do. But you know what? Just because a father wants a wedding and just because a servant wants a wedding, that don't mean there's going to be a wedding. Somebody else had to want one. You say, who was that? Rebecca. And uh, this is a good verse for people that are Strong hyper-Calvinist. You see, what's the verse? It's the verse there where the servant said, If I go, if I go over there and, and, and she won't come, what I do? She didn't have to come. He said, If you go over there and she won't come, you're free of what I sent you to do. Amen. This thing is, no matter what you might hear, this thing is a free will deal. God don't make you do it, but He sure does a lot of persuasion. He does everything He can get to get you to do it, but the final decision is up to you. 
Look in Genesis 24 and verse 65 or verse 58. And the Bible said, They called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I'll go. Amen. Not only did the father want a wedding and the servant wanted a wedding, but Rebekah wanted a wedding. Praise God. Amen. She said, I'll go. She wants a wedding bad. She's willing. She's willing to do some things because she wants a wedding. She wants to be a part of that wedding in the sky. You say, what'd she do? It's in the Bible. She was really willing to leave the place she had been. Verse 10, the city of Nahar. That was her home. That was where she had been. See, that was her earthly dwelling, her earthly place. But she had to be willing to leave that place. Amen. She said, I'll go. Not only did she have to leave that place, but she had to leave the life that she had known. She had lived there in Mesopotamia and she had lived there and she had had a life. She had had a family. She had routines. She had roots. She had all the things that would keep her there. But she had to be willing to leave the place where she had been, the life that she had lived. You've got to be willing to leave that old life. Amen? You've got to be willing to leave them old friends if need be. Somebody said, Preacher, I'd like to get saved, but I'm afraid that I'll lose my friends. I said, You won't lose them if you live for God. They'll leave you. Them old friends will. But you'll have a few that maybe will get saved and follow along. Verse 61 said, Rebecca rose. She was willing to leave the life that she had. That's whatever sinner did, they were willing to leave the life they were living for a new life. Amen. Leave behind old habits and old friends and old places. But here's the clincher. She was willing to love a man she hadn't even seen. Amen. That ought to help you out right there. You say, how could you love something that you haven't even seen? Every mother can tell you how. Amen. Every mother sings to that baby, tells them they love it and, and feels it move and, 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 and can hear the heartbeat. And Every mother loves that child for it ever gets here. Amen. Amen. That's the way every saved person is. We love a man that we haven't seen. You say, you got any scripture on that? I'm glad you asked. First Peter 1 and 8 said, Whom having not seen you love. Amen. I ain't seen Jesus, but I love Him. Amen. Amen. I've seen some pictures people draw of Him, but that's just their thoughts. There's no picture of the Lord nowhere. Amen. The only picture we have of the Lord's in the Song of Solomon, Revelations 1. Those are the only pictures we have of the Lord. But we love somebody we haven't even seen. I read about a man, his brother had several children and he died. And uh, he knew that the woman had these seven, eight children to try to raise and take care of. And he was pretty well off, well to do felon. He loved his brother, loved the family. And he lived overseas and made some big money. And so when his, when his brother died, he immediately started to send a check every week and, 
he'd send uh, grocery money and mail clothes and do all kinds of things. And he'd done that all their life, but they never seen him. But one day after the kids had almost grown, he'd come home and he'd come there and they'd come running up and hugging him and telling him how much they loved him even though they'd never seen him. You say, why'd they love him so much? Because they'd seen all he'd sent to them. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I, I'm glad that he loves me. Amen. I hadn't seen him, but I've seen all that he sent my way. Praise God. And I love him. Even though I ain't seen him. Sang to him, talked to him. Amen. Just like that woman, that baby she had never seen. And she's sitting there and she sings to it and tells it it loves it. Oh, I wish every baby had a mama like that tonight. Some of them grow up and some of them never never know what love is. And if it wasn't for a church around town like this one here, run a bus, pick them up, love on them kids, they'd never know what love is. That's why it's important to love on kids. Some of them don't have no raising at home, so we've got to raise them here in what little time we got. Some of them don't know what love is at home, and so we've got to love on them here. That's why they want to come. Because everybody desires that to be loved on. Amen. Rachel said, Rebecca said, I will go. She didn't hesitate about that, did she? They called Rebecca and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. There can't be no wedding until you decide to go. Holy Ghost comes to you and says, Will you go? Will you leave the life you're living? Will you love this man you haven't seen? Will you leave the place? Be willing to. And she said, I will go. Well, there's going to be a wedding in the sky. And I trust that most of my Sunday night crowd knows that the church is the bride of Christ. Amen. Amen. We're the bride of Christ. We're, Paul said as one virgin, we're espoused to Christ. We're not married to Him yet. But we're going to be. Amen. We're engaged to Him. That's what that word espouse means. It means to be engaged. Someone said, well, when a man gets married and a woman gets married, don't she take his last name? Well, that's the way it's customarily done. I don't know what to do these days. What do they do? Hyphen between them. But that's customary. Somebody said, what's our last name going to be? I like what the old preacher said. He didn't have no education. He had never even seen a Bible college, let alone went to one. And somebody asked him that question. He said, we're not married to him yet. He said, before you get married, he said, you maintain the name you had. What was your name before you married Brother David? Clark. Clark. All right, she maintained that Clark name until she married Brother David. And then she became the Honorable Miss Ritchie. Amen. Amen. And the old preacher said, we're not married yet. And so we all got different last names. Baptist, Pentecostal, Amen, Methodist, Presbyterian. We all got last names, but he said once we get up there and the Lord performs a marriage ceremony, uh, he said then we're all going to have the same last name. 
And somebody asked him, said, what will that name be? He said he hadn't told us yet or somebody had started a nomination in that name. Amen. There's going to be a wedding. Well, the father wants a wedding, the servant wants a wedding, and Rebecca wants a wedding. But there's still one person that's got to want a wedding. You say, who's that? The son. The Bible said in Genesis 24 and 65, uh, we, can, we can read there, and Rebecca and them's on their way there. And the Bible said, as they, let's read verse, uh, oh, verse 62, And Isaac came from the way of the well of La Rolla, for he dwelt in the south country. Do you know Isaac's name means laughter? That's what it means. Say, why did they call him that? He made his mother laugh, didn't he? And Sarah laughed, and God said, didn't you laugh? And she said, I didn't laugh. He said, you did laugh. And Abraham laughed. Because God had done something. And that word of that, that whale, la ra rola, that, that means the whale of him that lives and sees me. That sound like God's whale. He lives, don't he? He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Amen. I'm glad that we serve a living Savior. You can have your dead Muhammad. You can have all the others. Amen. I'm glad I got a living Savior tonight. His name's Jesus. Praise God. He lives and He sees me. He saw me stuck back in that crowd on Sunday morning at Temple Hill Baptist Church. He, he saw me there by the well. You say there wasn't no well there. The well of salvation. Have you ever read about it in Isaiah? Isaiah talks about the wells of salvation. I'm glad he saw me by the well. Where did Jesus find that woman at in John 4? He found her by the well. We're all right there by the well. And he sees us. And the Bible says, And Isaac, verse 63, went out to meditate in the field in the evening time, and he lifted up his eyes, and he saw. And behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. That's why all these brides, when they walk down the aisle, they've got that veil. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Now let me say this. Uh, this son wanted a wedding. Let's just look at a couple of things and we'll be done tonight. But, but the father wanted a wedding. There's going to be a wedding in the sky I want you to know the servant wanted a wedding. There's going to be a wedding in the sky. Rebecca wanted a wedding. There's going to be a wedding in the sky. And the son wants a wedding. And there's going to be a wedding in the sky. You say, hey, you know the son wants a wedding. Isaac wasn't walking away from her. Amen. He was walking toward her. I noticed some things that just blesses me tonight. About Isaac. 
type of the Lord Jesus. The Bible said that Isaac, verse 63, that Isaac went out in the field to meditate. You say, what's he doing? What do you think he's doing? He knows what's going on. He knows what his father's done. He knows how long his servant's been gone. He's waiting for something. And he's sitting there meditating on her. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I heard a preacher say that's the silliest thing I ever heard. That when he was on the cross, he was thinking about us. He said he wasn't thinking about us. He was thinking about the pain, the sorrow. But I beg to differ, sir, because the Bible said uh, uh, in, uh, in uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 1, uh, the Bible said there, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that do so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Don't miss it. Who for the joy that was set before Him, that's us. Amen. <laughs> He's thinking about us. He's thinking about us. I love that verse over in the Psalms and says I was poor and needy yet the Lord thanketh on me all God's got to think about and he's thinking about little old you and little old me amen isn't that a blessing to know right now to know right now that, that our Isaac our Jesus he's thinking about us right now he's waiting for us right now you say, why? Because there's going to be a wedding in the sky. And he wants one. He's thinking about her. He's interested in her. You say, where's that at? Verse 66. The servant told Isaac all things that he had done. You see, Isaac, she gets there and Isaac says, tell me about her. Tell me how it all came about. Tell me where you found her. Tell me what took place. Tell me what she's like. He said, I want to know everything. And the servant type of the Holy Spirit, he began to tell Isaac everything from the beginning he left till he got back with her. Amen. I'm glad that we're going to all be able to tell our story in glory someday. I would really like to have about six month Wednesday night testimonial. You say, why? I don't know how some of y'all found him. I'd like to hear how you found him, how he found you. I think it'd bring a revival. Just one by one coming up. And telling how you found the Lord and how the Lord found you. Way out in California. Big old church. The little Korean bus kid got saved. and They brought him to Sunday school. And the preacher marched him down before the pulpit. And he said, yeah, I'm singing. He said, tell the people how you found Jesus. The little boy looked down, looked up, looked out at that huge crowd. He said, me no find Jesus, Jesus find me. Amen. 
But I'd like to hear how he found you, where he found you, and what you's doing, and what he showed you, and what it took. Amen. He's interested in her. Who'd want to marry somebody that wasn't interested in? Amen. He told a servant, said, Tell me all things that you've done. Oh, like verse 67. It's a key, it's a key to a wedding. He said he loved her. Woo! Circle that. He loved her. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Boy, I'm glad I learned that as a little boy, and I'm glad I still believe it as an older man. Not old man, but older man. I'm glad that the Bible said he loved her. And he loves her like nobody else could ever love her. Oh, Brother Harold Renfro used to come pray with us. And I think he prayed with us that morning, either the day or before he, he died with a heart attack. We prayed right here at this altar. No, Brother Harold was uh, driving. He'd always sing when he'd come. We'd always get him to sing, No one ever loved me like Jesus. I loved old Brother Harold. He was a good man, soul winner. And he went to drive a car back for, I think, Bailey and Gibson and He's driving that car back and just slumped over, had a heart attack, rapture, went home to be with the Lord just like that. Amen. But he used to sing that song, Nobody Ever Loved Me Like Jesus. I'm glad there's going to be a wedding in the sky because the Father wants one. The servant's organizing the whole thing right now and getting it set up. I don't know about you, but I done told him I will. I'll go. I'll do it. I want to be a part. And thank God the sun's sitting there just waiting on us right now. Hey, I got I got to show you this, and then I'm done. Isn't it wonderful how the Bible words this? It said that when she saw him, she lit off her camel. She took off. Don't you believe when we see Him? And the Bible said He was walking toward her. And He might have been walking, but I just bet everything I've got, it was at a fast pace. Amen. Amen. Thank God there's going to be a wedding. And the Holy Spirit's still out working tonight and He comes to each one and He says, Will thou go? Will thou go? Will thou be willing to go? I will. What about you? Father, we come to you tonight.